Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. I'm starting a series now called Responsibility. Remember at the start of our last series, Sons of God, which how many people enjoyed Pentecost Sunday last last Sunday? Woo! I actually got out of church, and a friend of mine on social media posted it's Pentecost Sunday, but there was no mention of Pentecost in my church with a sad face. And I was like, well, we did not have that at the river. We did mention it. We did have it. Amen. So actual fact, uh, just, it's, it's, I, mean, I mean, obviously you can tell. <laughs> We've blown social distancing out of the water. Not intentionally, it's just there's too many people here right now. But I didn't even think about that last week. I was jumping over chairs and I was laying hands on people. And like hours later, I'm at home and I was like, I wonder if anybody was bothered by that. So I didn't think about it in the moment, you know what I'm saying? So sorry about that, but not really. I'm not sorry. (laughs) The Lord is good. Amen. Come on, somebody. So we're beginning a series on responsibility. It's something that the Lord laid on my heart as I began to think. I've got three girls growing up, and they, people evolve. And I, I can look back at my own life and realize, man, when you start carrying responsibility, you start singing a different tune. Uh, it's easy to, to judge things when you're not responsible for anything that goes on. But it's another thing when you're the one that has to make the calls. Do you agree with that? Anybody out there? Any parents out there can testify. It's a big difference to be a parent than it is to be a kid. When I was a kid, you just gave me Cocoa Puffs. You know, whatever. I mean, Mom, you're, we're out of Cookie Crisp. What's wrong with you? You have a responsibility to give me my Cookie Crisp. Then you grow up as a parent. And you're like, listen here, Cookie Crisp are of the devil. Do you not know what is in that little crisp? That is from hell. You will eat your Cheerios and you will have a healthy heart, young man. Can I get a witness? Amen. Everybody out there is like, I ain't going to be like my parents. And you grow up and you're like, "Mm, I'm worse. I'm like both of them combined. I got both their bad traits and I'm out there. I'm responsible. Responsibility. You got to grow up. Who in here was really anxious to grow up and graduate high school? And then you graduated high school, and you're like, man, high school, those were the days. <laughs> oh, to be young and dumb again. Back when the only thing I had to do was work at Sonic. And my entire paycheck was my own. I got to do whatever I wanted with it. Payday, blow it, baby. Now you get a paycheck and you're like, good, because their teeth is bad. What do you mean their teeth are bad? Pull it out. It's been many a good toothless generation out there. Teeth are overrated. Just makes them eat more anyways. The less teeth, the more they're going to eat pudding. Pudding's cheap. Let's give them pudding. It's actually a very serious message I have today, so this is just to get things ready. I'm plowing the field, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, all right, so responsibility. Growing up, we have an obligation to grow up. Let me give you our foundation scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. 
I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. When you grow up and you begin to take responsibility, the more you know, the more you're responsible for. And it's a, it is a pandemic in the world right now of believers not growing up spiritually. If there's a deficit in the church, it is never that the Spirit of God was not enough or that the blood of Jesus failed or that this word does not work in this generation. The deficit in the church has always been believers refusing to take responsibility for the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Amen? Now, what does the Bible say? He gave us the keys. So if you've got the keys, it means you're the one responsible to take the territory. Amen? Can I get a witness today? So I want to encourage everybody here today. We have a responsibility to grow up. You cannot live your whole life as a believer and blame other people for what happens to you or what you do or don't do, what you have and don't have. The day comes when you'll stand before the Lord all by yourself and there will be nobody there with you, not a politician, not a police officer, nobody there with you. You will stand before the Lord. And on that day, you will give an account for your life and what you did with what was available to you, which everything in the kingdom of God is available to you today. Amen. Every promise in this Bible is written to each and every single person that chooses to believe, confess it, and walk it out. Do you believe it? Say amen. So that's responsibility. We are called to be mature believers. In fact, ultimately as a believer, scripturally speaking, it is clearly laid out in the word of God that every person is supposed to go from the childish stage of having the milk to growing up into the meat and eventually getting into the mysteries of God and becoming an instructor to other people. Paul wrote a rebuke to the to church saying, man, what's wrong with you? By now, you all should be teaching people, but you still got to be bottle fed. Who in here wants to grow up spiritually? Who in here says there's more and I want the more? Come on, if that's you, say amen. God has a plan for your life, but that plan begins when you take responsibility for your life and say, I'm going to go where he wants me to go, and I'm going to have what he wants me to have, and I'm going to say what he's called me to say. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? You, do you love me? I love you. We're going to play a clip today, and then I'm going to get into today's message. Go ahead and play. This, this week, wait one second, pause it, sorry. This week has been a volatile week in America. There's been uh, aggression, there's been heightened uh, fear, heightened craziness going on. It is absolutely sad to read of all the officers that have lost their life this week. It's traumatic. Uh, but it is also unjust to declare that everybody that protests against racism is a rioter or calling for the death of police officers. So today I'm going to be diving into a very touchy subject, but I want you to know this, that wickedness is wickedness and righteousness is righteousness. And as a believer, you're called to be a light in dark places, which means there will be times that God puts you in places to take a stand for righteous things, knowing the whole time that there are other things that you cannot agree with going on around you. Amen. And I'm going to give a lot more detail, so don't, don't read in too much of what I'm saying. But this week, we had the opportunity to go to a protest. And good to see you, Miss Pastor Linda here. Powerful woman of God right there. She gave a poem about Jesus that would have got anybody in the world saved. I would, I would answer that altar call. Truly, the anointing of God is on this lady. 
And when she shared, I was like, man, this is what the church is meant to do and meant to be. Amen. Amen. And um, I had to give you a preface of, of, of the protest that went on Wednesday, very peaceful protest. It was, it was awesome to see so many ministers of the gospel be there. There's a lot of churches that showed up for it. Our chief of police, of course, Chuck Broadway, is, is, a, is a believer and a great man, uh, and, I, and I call him a friend. And so he, he messaged me and said, would you come to it? I said, absolutely. I read online that there was an opportunity for people in the community to share I went to bed and I woke up and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to speak at this event. And this is where I said to the Lord, God, be with me and give me the words to say. Now, I want you to understand something that um, I did not speak because I'm trying to start a political campaign. I did not speak because I want a lot of likes on social media. I did not speak because I'm trying to get a, vi- a video to go viral. In fact, I didn't even post any of this on social media. I'm just playing it for our church. But I want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into some things going on because there's been problems on both sides of everything going on right now. And it began with Corona when people in the church formed doctrines against each other to attack one another. And hate got in and bitterness got in and people are lashing out just viciously at one another over senselessness. And I'll tell you, I believe Corona was there, it, that, that whole thing. When the cure does more damage than the virus, there's an issue going on, people. And I'm just telling you, there is a virus. It does have things attached to it. But at what level do you say that this is appropriate, right? In California, they said that you could have only 12 people outside together. Unless you're protesting, then you could have 100 well, scientifically, that means that's stupid. Would you agree that that's stupid? Please, please, someone back me here. Let me know common sense is still common. Okay, that does not make any sense. And so if you read that and you're like, makes sense, well, we'll pray for you because that does not make sense. Okay, there's a, there's a plan. There's an agenda there. And it was meant to separate. It was always meant to divide. As many divisions as can be made, as much as they can separate you from people, they don't want you coming to church hugging one another. Because hugs compress feelings and make you feel love. And then you bubble up and you're like, I feel so good. Bro, they want you six feet apart so that you can't hug anybody. Hug people. Just go up to a stranger and hug them. If you got to put a mask on, put a mask on. If you got to put gloves on, put gloves on a mask, but hug them. Squeeze them until they thank you. No, it's just... I'm not letting go till you thank me for this hug. And just try not to sneeze, because then it could get really awkward. I love Bad time to have allergies, I'll tell you that. And so it's, there was a plan there to divide and conquer. To get people warring against each other. This has been a plan of the devil forever. These are not new tactics. There's nothing new under the sun. And understand this. There is always a spiritual battle. Okay, We don't war against flesh and blood. We war against spiritual powers. Principalities of darkness. That's why you can see. And I'll just say it. That's why you can see when there's righteous men and women. And can, I saw it in hospitals first. Hospitals where fear was gripping the hospital staff. Versus another hospital where peace was in there. And it was because the leadership of the hospital knew Jesus. And you better believe it, son. 
They knew Jesus. They knew his name. They knew the power of his blood. And so there was a peace that washed over because the leadership were righteous. You can see it in cities where there were godly, God-fearing people full of the love of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, and peace would be around them. You carry that peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. You carry that peace. Say, I'm a peace bringer. You got peace on the inside of you. Do not throw it away. Stand your ground and bring peace. So I want to roll a clip, and then I'm going to get into a very, very good message today. Shout out to uh, this lady over here. You're doing such a great job with the crowd, and there's a light to you. We hear you, we love you. So let me introduce myself. Good evening. My name is Caleb Ring. I pastor the River Church here in Claremont. To be honest with you, it was with some fear and trepidation that I decided to say some words today. Thoughts like, am I qualified to speak? Or can my voice make any different go through your mind? Hmm. But the answer is every voice does make a difference. There's a very real nervousness that comes to us in this modern society to speak out and state our feelings for fear of someone misunderstanding us. Or worse, what if our view is short-sighted or altogether the wrong view? And maybe that's part of our problem. In a world full of misinformation, less and less people state the truth for fear of being wrong. Mm -hmm. So let me state the truth the way that I see it. What happened to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and so many others not even given a national spotlight is vile, evil, wicked, and absolutely unacceptable. There must be justice for them. Even when Cain slew his brother Abel, God himself said his blood cries out from the ground for vengeance. So I'm glad. I'm glad that law enforcement and government leadership all the way to a federal level have made a response and are actively seeking justice right now. But remember this, justice, remember that though justice itself does not heal the pain that injustice causes, only God can heal the pain. Mm -hmm. While watching the many videos of looting and riotings that have sprung up during this, I witnessed a man angry and hurting. He was leading a riot. And another black man stepped up and accused him of senseless violence and asked him to stop. But the leader replied, at this point, I am ready to die for what is going on. It reminded me of Dr. King's words. If a man has not discovered something he will die for, he isn't fit to live. That type of resolve does not come from one injustice. And that kind of pain cannot be made up. The truth is something must change. We are gathered here today in grievance, but also in solidarity of knowing that we need something to change. We deserve for something to change. Dr. King's words always carried power and weight. He was a man that knew that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Just as hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. That love he knew and spoke of. Is held by only one, and his name is Jesus. Yes. If you don't know that love, then decide today yes. to pursue it until you find it. Yes. That love is the only force that drives out all wickedness yes. and all fear. Yes. There's not many of you that God's love and spirit across this nation right now. 
my thoughts are also for our law enforcement officers. They daily see the absolute worst of humanity. Understand that they see the abuse of children, the physical abuse of spouses, theft, suicides, and murders are daily played out before them like a never-ending movie. I pray for their protection physically, mentally, and emotionally. These guys need us to lift them up. Yes. It's hard to stand out there and see the, the absolute worst portrayed all the time and keep your heart pure. And that's why we need reform. And that's why we need a voice. And that's why our law enforcement also needs us there with them praying so that they can see the good of humanity and remember what they're fighting and serving to protect. May God help them maintain the peace, enforce the law, and may they do it righteously and unbiasedly. The change we desire begins here locally in Claremont and Lake County. But it goes on to a national level. If this COVID-19 pandemic showed us anything, it's that there is a very large rift between our local, state, and national leadership. Therefore, I remind us all of the power that we hold with each election. Let us commit ourselves to ask the candidates the right questions and not be satisfied with a clever social media post or political sidestep. Let's hold them to the table to express their true beliefs say something very important, guys. Racism is not an American problem. It's a sin problem. It did not originate in this nation. You read the Bible all the way back to right after the flood. Um, Shem, basically, uh, his offspring were threatened of their for their lives from the offspring of Ham. And, and that's when the Tower of Babel happened and the Lord split people because there was a vengeance going on. And the Bible talks about the shade of their skin. That's the difference. And so if you think that America is the one that has it wrong, let me tell you, anywhere a society turns their back on Jesus, you're going to have these things prevalent. God is the only one that brings healing. You have to understand that justice doesn't make you feel better. God's presence heals the brokenhearted. Amen? Now, as I said, I want you to also understand, racism is not a Republican or Democrat thing. There are racists in every party of America, okay? And there are people fighting for righteous causes too. And here's the issue, and I'm just going to... I didn't color it out as strong as I should have maybe in the first service. I'm going to do it this service. I want you to understand as a believer, you're called to fight for righteous causes. When David stood up, when everybody else was afraid, he said, Is there not a cost? Is there not a cost? So yes, we fight for justice. But in the whole scheme of things, as a born-again believer, I can't lend my entire voice to the movement of Black Lives Matter because they also have other agendas. It is not just racial equality. They also want to push. Um, they want to push new, general neutrality and, and sex changes. They want to push abortion. As a child of God... 
you better fear the Lord. You better know that I cannot agree with evil and say that it is good. That the fear of the Lord should cause you to be, I would rather that the Lord love me and other people hate me than them to love me and God hate me because I took a stand that was wrong. You cannot color it any way. Does that mean then that we don't take a stand for, 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 for the things that matter? No, it means you get out there all the more and you be a light that shines in the middle of darkness and you take a stand and you carry the love of God with you everywhere you go. You can make a difference. Do you believe that? So we're talking about spiritual maturity, growing up. Today, we have a responsibility as born-again believers to love and show love to this world. Now, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, the beginning of my teaching today says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest command. Listen, as a born-again believer, our responsibility to love begins with this. Say first. I used this example in the first service. It seemed to go over well. When you get dressed, you don't put your pants on first and then your underwear, do you? Unless you're Superman. You understand priority. First comes the underwear, then comes the pants. Amen. All right. Everybody agree with that statement. If anybody feels like, no, I want to switch it up, that's okay. Just We may take you to a side room and pray for you. I don't know. Priority, you cannot put the cart before the horse. You cannot love this world if you've turned your back on loving God first. Your first priority is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your body. Everything you've got, you've got to love Jesus. You've got to love what Jesus loves. You've got to hate what Jesus hates. You hate, you hate sin. You hate wickedness. You hate the enemy. You hate division. You hate pain. You hate suffering. But you love reconciliation. You love justice. You love righteousness. You love sin free. You love walking away. You love standing for the things of God. You've got to have this priority first. You can't skip past this and love your neighbor and ignore loving God. And we live in a world where a lot of people are propagating love your neighbor and ignore everything God told you to do to love that neighbor. But first, you've got to first love God. Am I talking to anybody here today? Are you with me so far? We see this world based on the lens that we choose. And scripturally, the Bible tells us the lens we're to see this world is first through a passionate love for Jesus Christ for what he cares for and what he declared in his teachings. And from that, we see the rest of the world. That gives us the ability to see spiritual things played out before us. Uh, And that is the truth of what is going on right now. If you look at what is happening in this nation, uh, it's not common sense. You don't get justice for a person wrongly murdered by killing 40, 50 police officers and murdered. Do you agree with that? That's not justice. That's the opposite. Now, also understand this. Racism is not white versus black. It is always just alone. It can go either way, always. It goes back. You read Nazis. The Nazis persecuted the Jews. 
uh, and, and killed the whole millions of them based upon race, all because of cultural beliefs and misunderstanding. God's the only one that brings that supernatural healing into a society to where we can love one another and embrace one another and stand for righteous causes. Amen? Amen. So there's a, there is a lie that has been propagated in the world from ultimately the foundation of time, from the enemy himself, and that is the social gospel. Yeah. The social gospel tells you that the feelings of the masses is the opinion of God, and that is not scripturally accurate. That scripturally, you're supposed to get in the word to discover who God is, and you don't get who God is based upon the majority of your social media posts. Where a lot of problems happen in America right now is because social media has fueled the social gospel. You are able to look out there and see the opinions of tons of people. And if you don't like their opinion, you can block them. And now you just have a whole bunch of the opinion that you want to see. And you ignore everything else. And so people get blinded by this thing and bitterness sets in. When bitterness sets in, everything you fight for is perverted. You cannot fight for justice with a bitter heart. Because you're going to go too far. You cannot fight for equality with a bitter heart because you're going to push the envelope too much. And you see it. I've seen it on every level right now. You cannot justify rioting and stealing from people saying that that our pain excuses it. But you also cannot sit back quietly and let people be murdered with no voice from the church saying that is wrong. And someone's got to call it to the table. We cannot live like that as believers and ignore what goes on around us. If we're going to shine, we better shine in dark times, not just in a well-lit room. And that's what a lot of believers want to do. They want to be celebrated in a room of everybody that thinks exactly like them. Man, ain't nobody thinking exactly like you. And you have a call to make a difference in this world today. You better get full of the love of God. You better passionately fall in love with Jesus each and every day. And you better stand for the things that moves the heart of God. Remember this, discernment is not the difference, knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between right and almost right. That the enemy is very good at subtly taking a person one, two degrees off course. And ten years later, how far did you go from the plan that God had for your life based upon the manipulation of the enemy? He comes to make you feel a certain way, make you feel guilty, and make you feel ashamed. Let me tell you something. As I started saying, as a righteous person, you better get used to Sometimes people won't like you if you preach holiness. Sometimes people won't like you if you stand for the things of God. But you still have to stand your ground. And back to the Democrat-Republican thing. In my thing, I talked about politics. The church is meant to be involved in politics. A lot of people in the church blame the politicians for where the nation is. Meanwhile, all you do is sit at home eating Cheeto puffs and posting on social media. And there's an issue there. Where are you then? Where are you in the world? You know, I'm sitting at home in the comfort of my house trying to change the world one clever post at a time. And it doesn't change anything. I genuinely feel social media is the worst thing that has ever happened to this generation. People are losing their ever-loving mind, and it's, the hate is being fueled by that. But likewise, just as the enemy can use it, God can use it, and he can bring healing through it. And so... I want you to hear this. I, I believe that, that President Trump is not a racist. I do not believe he's a racist person. Do I think that he always has the best way of stating things? No. 
No, there's definitely a soft answer turneth away wrath. There's somebody strong. You don't get to be a billionaire by being a weak pushover. You know, so he, he says things strong. But just as I love my wife, my wife says some things sometimes that I wouldn't say. And I'm like, you go ahead, woman. You know? And I passionately love my wife. I know my wife. And so you got to give people grace in that sense. If you're looking for perfection, you're looking for every time someone to knock the ball out of the park with a home run, get over yourself. It's going to be gritty. Fighting for righteousness is gritty. It's grace involved. There's forgiveness involved. And there's understanding. And there's times that God will call you to the table and you got to check your heart and you got to realize where you messed up. Come on, somebody. And that's just the truth. I don't believe that it's a Republican-Democrat thing. I, I do believe that that is a tool used by Satan himself to continue to bring division and false sense of security. Right. That if we could just get the other party in, things would be better. Hello? That's not changing anything. Yeah. Are you with me? Boy, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church right now. <laughs> Lord, just light the holy flame in the back, people. Get ready to spritz the place with holy water. We're going to have revival in this place today. Don't listen to the devil. It is not if we can get this, if we can get that. The only thing that's going to change this nation is a move of the Spirit of God. Hey, it's the gospel being proclaimed. It's men and women full of the love of God, passionately filled with the Holy Ghost, declaring to the darkness, you shall not take this land. The power of the Holy Ghost is upon us. We'll speak the truth. We're not afraid of the truth. Where there's injustice, we'll call it injustice. Where there's righteousness, we'll stand for righteousness. Where it's sin, we'll call it sin. Hey, somebody. And you stand up for the things of God because it does matter. It does matter. It's not a fight we can't win. It's a fight we're called to partake in and take ground. Hey, somebody. But you got to get love in your heart. You can't go out there and fight it with bitterness in your heart. Pushing and jabbing. You become just like everybody you are accusing of being wrong. You're so blinded by your agenda and so blinded by this and so blinded by your, your political associations that you miss out on just having the heart of God. Think about Jesus, and I want you to get this. When the woman was caught in adultery, she was flat out in sin. She came up forward. They wanted to stone her, and Jesus drove in the ground and said, Where are your accusers? I don't accuse you. But Jesus did not look at that woman that was living in sin and say, I don't accuse you. Go and be free. Go and follow your heart. Go and do whatever is pleasurable to you. Go and be, go and do you, boo. Jesus didn't say that, did he? Jesus said, go, but sin no more. Sin no more. He called her to righteousness. What's the church doing? Sitting there fighting fire with fire instead of the power of the Holy Ghost to change the hearts of men and women. It's only the gospel. It's only the gospel. Peace is not a fruit of the devil. It's a fruit of the church. We say, well, we need peace. Well, then get full of God and then answer your call. 
answer you, why is it that abortion's wicked? Because abortion has killed so many people's destinies. Think about that. Truly think about it. How many men and women of God are missing on the planet today with a call from heaven to make a difference that the world never knew? Because someone thought, I have the choice to kill them. That's evil. Just as it's evil to put your knee on a person's neck and let them just slowly die out there and just sit there. And let me tell you something. That is proof of, proof of police brutality, but not of racism. Because the four people there, there was an African-American, an Asian-American, a Latino-American, and a Caucasian. You don't get more diverse racially than the four police officers that were there that day. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, people. This is the truth. People are like, it's racism. You don't know that. He could have just been a screwed up, mentally snapped in the head. He's got years of police brutality attacking people, and he needed to be sat down a long time ago. Okay? But Armand, Armand Arbery, that's proof. I mean, you don't chase down a person in the middle of the day unless you've got wickedness in your heart. That's evil. So racism, racism does exist in America today. And ignoring a problem does not make a problem go away. But standing for righteousness and clearly stating the truth and drawing a line in the sand does make things come to the table. Amen? So... As a born-again believer, you have an obligation and a command from God to love heaven with all of your heart and to show that love to this world and make a difference. Amen? Amen. Do not sit idly by and do not think that um, you can change the world just based upon sitting on your couch and and posting on social media. You got to get out there and hug people and you got to look people in the eye and you got to be there for them. Amen? Hurt people hurt people, so the church is the one that brings healing. Do you agree with that? Does everybody still love me or half the crowd hate me? All right, listen, listen, people. We got a responsibility to step up right now. I I promise you, here's a remember I remember actually when this thing started. I was praying in the Lord of COVID-19, which is really the precursor to all of this. Get people already agitated, staying at home, angry at the world. Mask versus no mask, business versus no business, uh, bailout versus no bailout. Ah, I mean, you saw people going at it, bro. Like, how dare you? You like, if you walk outside and you don't have a mask on, you were killing people. You see people jogging with a mask on, bro. You're like, please, please, I don't. You can breathe air. Saw people riding a bike down a bike trail with mask on. And they stopped and they were like, you don't have to wear a mask here? We're like, no, not here. And they were like, praise God. And they took it off. (laughs) It was a fuel. It was already a pressure cooker, man. This was already a pressure cooker. Now you look at this. Now look at what's going on. Now you get people agitated for weeks on end in the church just trying to do a message through social media. Mm -hmm, That worked out good, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, look at how much of a change we made right there. God didn't say go into all the world via the online web. God said, in the last days, saith God, you will post on social media and my presence will breathe upon the land. And the believers were like, what is social media? I don't know, but Lord, give us social media. It's not in there. It says everywhere the sole of your foot treads, I'll give it unto you. Hey! pressure cooker of animosity and this, this, and that, and then all this, and then boom, like, like a match to gasoline. 
And what do people do? Instantly picking out everything wrong. I've, I've said this forever. If you're looking for something wrong, you're always going to find it. Yeah. It's there every time. There is not a person out there that is Jesus. You won't find a pastor that you're like, he is perfect. I mean, I know a lot of you think that about me. Nobody's perfect but Jesus. So if you're looking for reasons to disagree, you're always going to find a reason to disagree. The only thing that you have to stand for is righteousness. Do not agree with wickedness. Do not agree with sin, but stand for righteousness. Can you do that, church? If you can do that, say amen. Amen. The Lord is with you. So Proverbs 8, 13 through 17. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. God hates perversion. He hates it because it is, a, it, is a, it is delusion of the truth to lead people, good people, into slavery is what it does. Lies lead you into a bent-up prison cell of a mind where you don't see what the enemy is doing to manipulate you. That's why God hates it, because he came to give freedom. Three things Jesus said he's anointed for. Set, deliver, uh, set the captives free, preach deliverance, and to set at liberty those that are bruised. He was all about freedom. Come on, somebody. He hates it. He hates a lie that snags the mind of a society and gets you fighting something that meanwhile the enemy's running up the side, giggling the whole way as he tears apart things. No, no, not in my house. We shall serve the Lord. Uh, thank you, God, for the supernatural anointing of heaven to see things and know things by the Spirit of God to make the difference we're called to make right now. Devil, you will not pervert this land. Hey, somebody. Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding and I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rules and nobles and all judges of the earth. I love those who love me. Say that with me. Say, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. You better love God. Come on, somebody. It's like that rap song. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? You know it's true. I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? If that's all you get from today, that'll get you far. Walk out, everybody's be like, I love God. And it's not love, it's love. I love, if you want to Google it, don't spell love. You ain't ever going to find it. It's love. I love God. But you don't love God? What's wrong with you? I love the one that first loved me. I was broken. I was bruised. I was bitter. I was hurt. I was a liar. I was unfaithful. I was manipulative. I was easily swayed. I was wicked in my heart, greedy, jealous, until I met one that came in and said, I love you exactly as you are, but I'm not leaving you the way I found you. I'm calling you into my nature. I'm calling you into my household. I'm giving you a brand new name, the old you. I'm putting in the grave, and a new you I'm breaking out and breathing life into him. Hey, somebody. That's the power of the gospel. It changes the world. It breaks down barriers. It heals broken hearts. It sets captives free. It's truth. We stand for truth. Amen. Amen. I love those who love me. And those that seek me diligently will find me. We are primed for a move of God in America right now. If, if, if the church would just arise, 
And I'm telling you, she is. Mm-mm-mm. You, I tell you what, the true church of Jesus is standing tall right now. She knows the writing on the wall says that there's a plan from the enemy. But every time he strategizes and every time he tries to move, the hand of God comes with the power of the Holy Ghost to break it down. <clears throat> Called to be that. You with me right now? Let's talk about love. Love. In this society, we, we got all sorts of definitions for love, don't we? Man, I remember my mom. It's one of the most annoying corrections ever. When you're like, I love pizza. Love's a strong word, and so is hate. Do you really love pizza, or do you like pizza? Does pizza love you? And as a kid, you're like, what are you talking about? I passionately, with all of my heart, love pizza. Pizza has never treated me poorly. It's never spoken against me. It has always been round and comforting to me. Every bite fills me with the warmth of the love that it obviously reciprocates back to me. It's like I was a preacher before I even knew I was called. I'm like preaching a sermon on pizza to my mom. She's like, whatever, honey, you deal with him. He's, he's misusing love. He's love for everything. Man, I love Adidas. I love working out. You don't love working out. You're in there working out and being like, I love this, love it, love it, love it. Great. Yeah, I feel good. Sure you do. Love, love takes on many forms. What we actually think in society is the social gospel, that love is accepting people and all their messed upness and every wickedness and not challenging anything. We think love is allowing people to continue in a life led by the devil. Yeah. I mean, that's strong words, but that's the truth. We think you, you don't love if you disagree. It is possible to love and to disagree, people. Come on, somebody. You know that's true. You're a parent. You love your kids. But how many times do you disagree with your kids? Did you ever think, well, I don't love you anymore because we're having a disagreement. You want to eat Fruity Pebbles? I don't want you to eat Fruity Pebbles. We are not in love anymore. That's stupid. But yet we'd still believe it in a grand society way that if there's disagreement, there's not love. That is not scriptural. That is not truth. That is a lie. Love can be a force to be reckoned with, and love does not always get reciprocated. Love does not always get given back to you. Love does not always make you the popular one, but love is love. Yes. Amen. Yes. It's a powerful force. Let's read about it. Thank you for all the <laughs> bobbling heads today and so far. There's a lot of joyous faces, so I feel like the Lord is good. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do, have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So we know this, that you can have spiritual power, spiritual authority, but if you are not flowing with love, you're not doing anything. So love is not just who's in control and how much power can we amass. Love is having the presence of the Lord on the inside of you to see and be moved by a compassionate heart, but also continue to lead people out of bondage into freedom. 
Love suffers long and is kind. Anybody in here ever walk through the loving a friend through tough times when you're dealing with a friend, a loved one that has dealing with suicide, suicidal thoughts? It's one of the hardest things you're ever going to go through. I've walked through it. It's painful. You love them. You're pleading with them. You're speaking life over them. You're declaring things over them, and they don't agree with it, and it's painful. But love suffers through that and does not stop. Love suffers through people abusing you. You ever love someone? You got friends, relatives that are full-on addictions and living in an addicted lifestyle, and they steal from you. They rob from you, but that love in you, you can't turn them away. You're just constantly praying for them and constantly there for them because you're believing that the hand of the Lord would turn them around. That's love. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. And it does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. And it is not provoked. And it thinks no evil. But watch this. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Love does not rejoice in sin. If this world wants you to believe that love is agreeing with sin. That's a lie from hell. You can love, but you don't love sin. You don't love. Why do you not love sin? Because it's gross? No, because sin destroys people. Sin hurts people. You can't live a life of sin and come unscarred. It causes pain. Marriages dissolving, people being murdered, things being stolen. All these things that sin just steals and never stops. Love doesn't rejoice in that. That's even why we stood on Wednesday. Love's not rejoicing in cold-blooded murder. Love rejoices in righteousness. Whether the guy's a criminal or not, he deserved like anybody deserves. Arrest him, take him to prison, and let him stand before a judge. You don't do what you did. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? You can't do that. That's not what we stand. And, And righteousness in you does not. There is a cost in that. And, and it is not ignoring the fact that if the guy was a good person or not a good person. It's acknowledging the fact that regardless, there's righteousness that should rule in this land. And there's a set of rules that should have applied that did not apply in this circumstance. And that's what we stand up against. Injustice. Are you with me? Injustice is sin. We don't rejoice about sin. Just as we don't rejoice about abortion. That's why we say it. We can't back you on that. There's no way I'm going to back you when you start shouting that we should be able to cut off our thing and become another thing and be this person or gender neutrality and confuse everybody. And then none of that is righteous. None of that is godly. All that is is perversion. Are you with me? I hope you're with me. (laughs) I may be beaten outside of church today, but at least it was worth preaching the truth. Hey, you can't. So people say, well, how do I know what to stand for? You stand for righteousness. You stand for righteousness every time. You lend your voice to what God will back. Because if God is backing you, it's going to be okay. Amen, somebody. And you don't let social media pollute your thoughts. You don't let all this junk going on mess up the way you see things. You know the truth you will discover if you've got the Holy Spirit and you fight for that. We don't rejoice in iniquity, but we rejoice in truth. Love bears all, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. You're called to love. Love the Lord. And from loving God first is where the love for those around you spills out from. But if you try and just love those around you, you let their nature become your nature. Instead of loving God first so that his nature becomes your nature. You with me right now? 
Now, as we're speaking about bitterness and stuff and fighting against sin, it is absolutely the church's job to draw a line in the sand and say, we do not approve of sin. We will not. We love you, but we're not going to celebrate or champion the cost of wickedness or perversion in this land. But we will champion the cost of righteousness in this land. But Revelation chapter 2 says these words, something to remember. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You've tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them as liars. You have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Now, this is powerful because there are people in the church that fought so hard for righteousness and stuff, you got just as bitter as anybody on any side and you were just coming against people. When you're attacking the bride, when you're attacking the church, just vehemently badgering the church, you're attacking everything that goes on out there, and you get so legalistic in your thought process that you've lost the love of God and the grace that's supposed to be in you, that's what he's talking about here. I know your works, your labor, your patience. Man, you stood against wickedness. You had that. But I do have this against you. You lost your first love. You lost the thing that makes the gospel powerful. It's that love will take a broken person and pick them up. And say, come with me. And as we go, change will begin to be a part of your life. Because the closer you get to Christ, the more you're going to resemble him. We're all a work in process. Nobody out here has is, is, is got a halo that shines so bright that you can't sleep at night. We're all works in process. That's what Jesus is saying here. This is a call to the church, to the church of Ephesus. God says, I have this against you. You better fall back in love with me because from being passionately in love with Jesus, it's impossible to have hate for those around you. You don't have it. And being in love with Jesus gives you that ability to see the spiritual battle that is truly going around so that you don't get caught up in the bitterness that the enemy wants you bitter about. Are you with me right now? Don't allow bitterness in your life. There's no place for it in the body of Christ. When you let bitterness in, the Bible actually, in in the book of Romans, I believe, speaks about the root of bitterness that leads ultimately into all the forms of sin. Everything springs from bitterness. When a heart gets perverted and bitter, they'll wind up doing everything that they stood against before. Person gets bitter at their spouse for for cheating on them. They get that bitterness in them. They wind up and become the worse off than they ever were before to other people. It's just the truth. It's a spiritual truth. And only God reverses those things. That's what the Lord is saying here. Remember your first love. In the midst of everything, remember my first obligation. Is I better love God and I better have the love of God shining through me. Amen. Is this helping anybody here today? So. Remember, therefore, where you've fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now moving on, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine through 40. Beginning in the scripture we started with, it says, The second, so the first was love God with all your heart. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So basically, scripturally, what the Bible's saying is if you get love right, you're actually going to do everything right. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna stand for righteousness. You're going to hate sin. You're going to walk this thing out. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to set people free. You're going to fight against wickedness, and you're going to send the devil running, baby. That's it right there. On this hangs everything if you get this right. But I want to draw your attention to something. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Say yourself. 
Any agenda that makes you try and feel ashamed about being you or hate yourself in order to show respect for another person is inherently of the devil. You cannot love a person if you've grown bitter and hate yourself. That's why it's important that one of the strongest things that the kingdom of God comes against is that the victim lie of the devil that perpetrates in the minds of people making you feel hopeless and powerless to change your life. That's a lie from hell. And Christ came to empower every person of every walk, of every tribe, of every education, of every, every language out there, empower you to live a life that he set the course of. And so the, the world tries to brush sometimes our, the damage that is caused by people that in their mind they're taught a certain way. They're taught from society they're not good enough. They're not special enough. They'll never make a difference. They can't change anything around them. And that's a lie from hell meant to enslave a population to make you feel powerless about what happens around you. But God did not come into this world so that you remain the same. He came to give you a new nature and a new spirit on the inside that is an overcoming one. Amen? Say this with me. Say, I am more than a conqueror. Hey, live it. Live it and understand that sometimes... The battle you're fighting is not just some devil out there materializing as you're driving down the road. It's a stronghold that the enemy has placed into your mind that you have began to believe as truth. And the word is the only thing that comes to sever that thing out. And when it begins to sever it, you've got to make a decision. Am I going to agree with the word? Am I going to lean on the things of God? Or am I going to let my comfort zone remain my reality? Come on, somebody. God comes to sever those things out of you. And it ain't comfortable. Come on, somebody. It ain't like it's pleasurable when you realize you had it wrong. And it ain't pleasurable when you realize that you've got to step up or you've got to make the difference yourself. But let God do the work and transform you to be empowered to change this world. See, because the devil knows if, you, if he can keep you fighting a battle on the inside, you'll never be qualified to fight the battle out there. And that's the plan from the beginning. Get the church warring so much in here, you never change the world. And God said no. Mm. Spirit on the inside. Victory is carried by the church. The love of God's in the church. The peace of God's in the church. The joy of the Lord's in the church. The voice of God can be heard by every one of you. Come on, somebody. The voice of a stranger you don't follow. Those clear Rippling call of Christ shoots through and calls you out of just junk into the precious things of the kingdom of God. And then you have clarity that nobody else has. When we stood there Wednesday, we could feel there was a spiritual battle going on. You could feel it as a believer because you know these things and you understand. And it gives you even greater compassion because you look at people passionate, full of just, 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 oh, so much. But if they don't get Christ on the inside, then all that passion gets persuaded into the kingdom of darkness. And you watch someone that is a powerful force to be reckoned with being led astray. And it gives you compassion as a believer to stand your ground and say, you know what? I, I want to see this person ignited with the love of God and set on the call that God has for their life. Because that person will turn this world upside down, somebody. Hey! Call people out into their destiny. We just sang it today. Call them into destiny. Call them into purpose. Call them into the kingdom of light, not the kingdom of darkness. 
It's not a kingdom built on webs of lies and misinformation and construed emotions. It's a kingdom based on truth and the love of God shining and everything in darkness being exposed. That's the kingdom they're called to. And you're called to bring that. Do you know that? Every born-again believer. This is not a call for the five-fold ministry to make a difference. That if you're called as a prophet, you'll make a difference. No, as a born-again believer, you're called to take ground. Amen, somebody? As a born-again believer, you're called to be a powerful force that the enemy cannot stop. But back to it. Don't let the enemy come in and mess with your mind so much. Depression comes in. You feel unqualified. You're not good enough. All of these things to where you wonder, why am I not able to change the world? Because you hate yourself. And that's the propaganda of the enemy. To come and make you look at social media to how everybody else has it. And think, I don't have that. And look at how much they have. And look how beautiful they are. And look at what they drive. And look at the car that they have. And look at all of that. And look at all that. It's all fake. Come on, somebody. That's fake. You can have everything this world tells you to have and still be empty. That does not fill you. The only thing that fills you is the Spirit of God. And if He is in you, then you can have nothing and still have everything. Come on, somebody. It's like Pastor David Oyadepo said when they said, what's your net worth? He said, my net worth is the ability to call in at any given moment exactly what is needed. That's net worth. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. What is that? That's a covenant with the Almighty. That's walking in the shadow of the Almighty. Where a thousand can fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come nigh you. Hey! the spirit of the almighty in the church the bride of christ do not think for one instant that god will turn his back on his bride oh no he won't he'll be with you everywhere you go even to the uttermost parts of the earth the bible says everywhere you walk he says even when you stand up he said in the word in the new testament god said man i'm going to put you before kings and priests you can find yourself as a believer where you just wind up just well, how did i get here I am not the one. I know all the thoughts. This is exactly what goes in your mind. I am not the one for this job. God, if this cup could pass, really pass it along. Like, I am unqualified. I am not good enough. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how to say things. I'm not good with my tongue. Think about Moses. I stutter. I killed somebody. That is a big one. (laughs) The Lord said, no. I'm still calling you. He says, but when you stand there, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because I'm going to be the one to give you the words to say. Man, and that's what we need in this world today. I've learned something of my walk with the Lord. That when a person does stand up and utter the truth, everybody can feel it. The truth has something in it. That it makes your hair stand up. Makes your skin. You're like, ooh, I don't know this person. But I know that that's true. I don't know their reputation. I don't know how many followers they got on social media. I don't know what they posted seven days ago. I don't need to check anything. I know that that is truth. And that's what this world needs more than ever. This world is looking for the truth, people. This generation, one thing why I believe that this will be the move of God unlike any other move of God before. 
It's because we have a generation on the earth right now that is not okay with fake. We're sick and tired of fake because we're just being shoved down our throats. Shoved down our throats. Be this way. Do this. Act like this. Look like that. And we're just getting to a point where we're like, enough is enough, man. I'm going to purposely dress like a dork just to say, shut up. I'm going to mess up my hair. I'm going to run it. I'm going to just look like a goofball. It's real. It's honest. It's me. I got bad breath seven days a week, and you do too. I sometimes forget to put deodorant on, and I offend myself. What? I go to the gym and run hard and then go and eat a pizza sopped in grease and say, I earned this. Hey. And then I might have a milkshake afterwards. My mind tells me you shouldn't, but my mind also says, but you can. (laughs) Scriptures fly in my mind. Bodily exercise profits a little, but this is profiting a lot. And you're like, that's not entirely what the word says, but I'm going to go with it in this moment right now because I'm tired of being told how to think, what to look like, what's appropriate to say. I'll tell you what is appropriate to say. Whatever is in this word, whatever the Lord declares, whatever his spirit says to say, that is appropriate to declare. And if you get up and you say the words that God has called you to say, you'll change this world. Somebody say amen. Jesus. It's time for a great awakening. Jesus. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Mama Monday. Somebody better get it. Say, I got the Holy Ghost. And I ain't ashamed of it. Jesus. Come on. High five your neighbor. It's a good day. Though the enemy is planning and strategizing to tear apart our nation, most of the major cities of America had riots where mass destruction came across. I read today that Minneapolis is actually pleading with major retailers like Walmart and Target to actually open back up because they are refusing to open back up based upon the loss and the threat of their goods. So the mayor is saying, please do not remove your business from our city. We need this back in it. And I pray with them, stay in the city. Do not allow the devil to make you lose one inch. And if you lose anything in the midst of COVID or in the midst of riots or looting, as a born-again believer, you call on the word of God and say, everything the devil tried to steal from me in this midst, I call in sevenfold in Jesus' name. Devil, you won't take me out. You won't stop me in the plan. Everything that the Lord said is going to happen in my life is still going to happen in my life. He is the author. He is the perfecter of my faith. He's faithful to begin and faithful to end. Come on, somebody. Hey, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're on the verge of the greatest move of God. The breath of heaven's going to be released across this land. And the devil's doing the heavy lifting. He's getting everything agitated so that God can come in with the revival. And boom. Jesus, I feel it in my bones. Hey. Ha ha. Mama Monday. You feel it? You believe it? Say amen. Come on, church. The greatest hour that's ever been. The devil's getting cocky. 
He thinks he's got it in the bag. But there's a church full of fire, full of faith, full of passion, full of love, full of peace, full of joy that is standing at the gate saying, oh, you've strategized. Oh, you've planned, but we're about to release upon you a mighty move that is going to sweep across the land and every heart you tried to pervert, God's going to make it brand new again. Jesus. Well, I'm happy I came to church today. I feel like it's a good day. Amen. Listen, the gospel has power. Why do you think the enemy want, tried so hard through this to shut the church up? I mean, and I'll just be honest with you. If, you. if you still think that this was not an agenda to stop the church, what rock do you live under? How, how is it make, it's beyond common sense. You can't have 5,000 people go through a Home Depot every day, but you can't have more than 10 people at church. Say, yeah, it just makes total sense to me. Well, what sense is that? It's an agenda, people. It's a demonic agenda. It's not a, public, it's not a political agenda. Get over politics. It's not a political agenda. It's a demonic agenda from hell. You've got to call things out. The reason why that's important as a believer, and I'm wrapping up with this, as a Pentecostal preacher raps. Two hours later, we're going to be out of here. You know what I'm saying? 1.30, I'll just roll in the fast track. Amen. Get more pizza, Aaron. It looks like a lot of people are staying. I love pizza. The reason why it's important to, to, to call things and to realize the spiritual threat is because in the spirit world, you have authority. You can't walk up to a person and say, go do this in the name of Jesus. And they have to do it. I've tried that on my wife. Man, I've tried it. It don't work. She's like, I bind you in the name above every name. And then we have revival. And we're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then we both do go and do it together. Amen. It's all rubbish. Now that never happens. I've never tried to do that to my wife. You listen here, woman. I'm an anointed man of God. Kiss the ring and make the acai bowl. Thus saith the Lord. Ah, Fried chicken. And a milkshake. Thank God he doesn't give us that power. The world would be really screwed up if he gave us that power. <laughs> My God. You don't have power over flesh and blood like that. You can't go up there and just command flesh and blood to do something. <laughs> you know, you've all tried it. Especially as a newborn believer, you don't even know. And you're like, I bind you in the name of Jesus to the face of the person at the... Big shack, big, big burger shack telling you they were out of chicken sandwiches. No, but spiritual truths and spiritual reality, you do have authority over. You have authority over demonic agendas. You can silence the voice of the enemy. You can bind him. You can cast them out. You can say, not in my turf and not on my ground. No, in Jesus' name, I call you out for what you are. You foul devil from hell. 
and I cast you. Run for the door and never come back. May it hit you where the good Lord split you. Amen. Truth. That's truth. Say truth. You have power over spiritual things, but you don't over flesh and blood. That's why knowing and seeing these things matter to the church. You better get woke, people. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.